You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Now, here are your hosts for Turn Knowledge to Profit, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors, Janelle and Michael McCauley. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm Janelle McCauley, and along with my co-host, Michael, each week we bring you the insights, ideas, and tools that you need to earn more, make a bigger impact, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. You're going to want to take notes, so grab a pen and paper, and let's get started. This week in our Business Builder segment, Michael and I will be talking about why your stage introduction is so important and how you can make a great first impression when you're speaking on stage. That's up in a bit, but first up, it's our success interview. And today we're talking with founder and CEO of RxER Communications, Anne Arvizu. Anne started her company to address a challenge for small and mid-sized biotech companies, helping them create medical communication systems that ensure the right patients get the right drugs at the right time. I'm really looking forward to our conversation with Anne about her company, her mission, and what she sees for the future. Welcome, Anne. Thank you, Janelle. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to, um, to our conversation, and I'd love to start each of these conversations by asking our guests just what they, how they got into business and where they see their business going over time. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, back in 1998, when I entered the pharmaceutical world, uh, the pharmaceutical biotech world, um, I did everything on the medical side as a pharmacist in the pharmaceutical industry. So a little bit of history there was you start off in research and development, and I was the one writing the protocols and delivering those protocols um, to investigator meetings, meaning you're teaching the physicians that are doing research and development um, right in, with patient care. And so in, we call it phase three in the industry. And when you launch a product, you go into something called medical affairs. So I did transition, and I was relocated within my company after about six years to Miami, and I was running medical communications and medical information for GlaxoSmithKline Latin America. And mm. at that time, I was a um, you know road warrior, basically air warrior, if you will. I was flying <laughs> around the world <laughs> to into Latin America, into all of the, the countries that I took care of, and I harmonized the business process around medical communications. And there just became a lot of bureaucracy within the merger when SmithKline Beecham and, and GlaxoSmithKline merged. And for 18 months, we were spinning our wheels. And at one point, you know, having been moved down to the Miami office, I caught the Florida bug and really just wanted to stay. So at one point, they were going to relocate me to Europe for an international uh, senior director position, and I turned that down and, and said I, I would really like a package to leave the company. And there, I did it 
based on vision because I think on one of my trips, I was in Puerto Rico, which is part of my territory in Latin America. And I like to joke that I don't know if it was the Puerto Rican coffee and, you know, how strong and wonderful it is. But I woke up and I was just spending some time drinking coffee by the sea. And I wrote down what my logo looks like, RXCR communications. It was a download of creating um, exactly what you said earlier, the right drug to the right patient at the right time. I wanted mm-hmm. to create a medical communications strategy business that is part uh, medical affairs support for the industry, as well as my own drug information contact center, as well as the consulting to show other companies that are smaller, not quite so big, who've also gone through transition, how to do things better. So really it did start on a vision, but that vision was back in 2002. And I didn't have the opportunity to affect the vision until things fell apart in that job. And I was getting married in 2004. And that's when I, when I started the company. Hmm. You know, it's interesting because so often entrepreneurs get that flash of what a business is going to be, and they see it. And I love when you say you were literally sitting and having coffee by the sea. I get that, that vision of mm. a lifestyle, and I can see how you didn't want to give that up and go back to being living on an airplane. <laughs> that was actually on a business trip, and I was headed into an office, but it was, it was in Puerto Rico at a client site, and I had gotten up early just to uh, – you know, but still, it was a good place to be on a business trip. So, yes, mm-hmm. yeah, the Caribbean lifestyle does does eke into your soul. I know. We just got back from a Caribbean cruise, so I absolutely <laughs> get that. I have lots of pictures of the water and and being there, and I just um, I love it. That's mm-hmm. where I go to to rejuvenate. So mm-hmm. I absolutely understand that. So, you know, you took this and, and really love um, what you created, and I think so often entrepreneurs have. They know that there's a gap. They know that there's a need, but it's hard to give up their day job, as I would call it. Sometimes you get the opportunity to make a shift. But how do, how do you tell people or what can you say to people who are thinking about doing something but just don't have the, the vision of how to do it or what it's going to be like? Because there's a lot of fear involved. There is, there is a lot of fear. I guess I'm not or never have been the fearful type. Uh, I was a competitive swimmer. I was, uh, you know, top in my class in, in school. I was that type. I was the type that cried when you had a 92, right? Um, mm. But, but I, I feel like there's a, a life quote that might answer that question that I absolutely love. And it's something that I feel if you're going to give value and you know that you can do it, You know, it's like the old, if you can dream it, you can do it. But it's a quote from Vince Lombardi. And it says, excellence can be attained, obtained if you care more than others think is wise, risk more than others think is safe, dream more than others think is practical, and expect more than others think is possible. I think there's a lot of wisdom in that because expectation and hope go hand in hand. In fact, they're the definition of one another. And I just saw something that was going to be better than the industry that I came from, and I was already an expert. So if you feel that you're an expert at something and you have a drive to give it to the world, then just go. Risk and really the you know, expectation and then the hope that it is going to come to pass comes 
one day at a time, one step at a time with persistence. And, you know, you've started a podcast that, that is at over 80,000 or 100,000 downloads, and, and that started with the first one. It takes the first step. So persistence, right. and then that, just that one, one little shift to say, I'm stepping out to do this. So I didn't know what I was doing the first day I created the company, but I knew it was fun and I knew it was creative. So, you know, if it's not fun, pack it up and go home. If you lose your passion, then you'll lose your edge. But if you can keep it fun and keep your passion focused, um, you can do anything you set your mind to. I love that. Um, I, I love that, that, you know, if you lose your passion, you lose your edge. You know, I think that, it's really important. Passion is a key, and it's really key to being successful in business. I love that you took something when you were talking about ensuring that the right patient has the right drugs at the right time. I would imagine with something like that, and a lot of entrepreneurs, when they've got an idea, it's to fix something that's out there or make something better. Did you come up against any roadblocks because you're up against, you know, drug companies trying to sell drugs and people that are trying to get what have their agenda and things they're trying to get out there, but you're trying to do the right thing for what people need, patient advocate, which they, we really need that. Yeah, it is, it is total patient advocacy. Um, it, it is something that is needed and it was needed as a service company. So I created it as a service company. So I didn't, because service was my primary goal um, mm -hmm. and knowing what, the industry needs but can't write do internally, that's where my niche fell. And, and you, you know, you mentioned that drug companies need to sell drugs. Well, let's just take any pharmaceutical company. Let's just say, you know, Joe Schmo Pharmaceuticals. Mm -hmm. They have the sales and marketing portion for the products that are out of the market, but they also have the research and development portion, which includes a part called medical affairs. And medical affairs is the most highly regulated medical part of the company. We're the unsung heroes kind of of the industry. Um, mm -hmm. And we're also the police force of the industry because we're the ones that really from the inside, you're, you're building patient advocacy, you're training the sales reps, you're training the MSLs in the field who are, who are medical science liaisons. And in, internally, the medical functions like medical information and medical communications, that's where the patients call in and you're talking straight to them. So creating an external source for the companies that didn't have it was immediately successful. Um, what I didn't have and what my challenge, my biggest challenge was, so I was an expert, but I wasn't really a business person. I mean, mm. I knew business, but I didn't know how to run and operate a business. I never wrote a business plan out. And now, you know, fast forward 20 years later, that's what I'm doing for every one of my clients. I create frameworks and business plans for them and their departments within the company, and I help them become entrepreneurial executives so that they think like creators. So how did you overcome not having those skills, not knowing how to do that? Because there are a lot of businesses that are probably, they're listening to this saying, that's me, and I don't yes. know how to get to where I need to go. So what advice would you give them? Wow. Uh, I never stopped learning. I could take every bit of advice um, around me to learn business. I jumped into every Tony Robbins, um, you know, uh, different 
his events that I could get into that would, that would motivate me to think and, and put some structure to um, what I was trying to accomplish. Now he has something like business mastery, which is, boy, I needed that 20 years ago. Um, that was so great. Uh, those types of things, like I've never stopped growing, learning, and evolving what I know about business. And I, I make it a point to know my customer's business better than they do. Mm. I like that. I think that oftentimes we think that there's one model that will fit. And I can imagine when you go in, there's probably some similarities, but there are probably some key things that are different that really differentiate the businesses. Is, is that correct? Yes, absolutely. There's no one size fits all in terms of the business model for if you're creating a framework for a particular department. And so that's what we do. You know, that's basically, if you will call it my product, right? I'm bringing them information. I'm bringing them consulting and I'm bringing them a leadership edge that they don't have in their current company. So, you know, you, it, something important to note there is knowing who your ideal client is. Um, not every pharmaceutical company out there, or biotech company are my ideal client. Uh, you know, as you mentioned earlier, I focus and I target in a niche right within medical information, medical communications, within medical affairs, out of those three big buckets. And I also focus on the mid-sized company and the small company. And I remember when I was rebranding my, my website and uh, the logo and everything a couple years ago, and my branding person said to me, you know, really just niche it down, keep niching it down, niche it down. And he's like, okay, what's, what's medical affairs? That encompasses MedInfo and MedCom? And I said, yes. And he's like, okay, just go pick one. And I was like, okay, that's scary. But you mm -hmm. never want to go out there and be back, jack of all trades and master of none. So what happens mm -hmm. is when you niche down, something magical happens. You get the client, then they see that you know other things, then they hire you for other things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that's really true, and I think a lot of people do think they've got to be all things to all people and uh, then they'll attract their clients. But what happens when you do niche down, which I love the way you say that, is that you attract your ideal client and you repel those clients that aren't really a good fit. So you end up attracting more of the clients that you love to work with and that you yeah. can really add value to and really make a big difference. Those are the ones that are going to be your raving fans. Exactly. I love that. And I also love that you took what was needed and really put something together because so many people think they need to do everything all by themselves. But we live in a time where there's so many resources, so much support mm -hmm. available to us, but we don't always ask for that help or we don't realize that once we get clear on what we need, it'll be right there in front of us. Yes. And and, and I think to, to your point there, in the beginning, a lot of entrepreneurs think, you know, they go through all the growing pains that probably you have gone through as well. Um, I've gone through in the past, um, you know, the, the, first, the first type of products or services that I created were totally different. And they were based on what I thought. But you have to, you know, number one, changes um, and trends in your industry will happen. Whatever industry you're in, whatever your focus or your niche is, and you have to ride that wave. You have to adapt, uh, like Darwin's theory of adaptation. You have to adapt mm -hmm. to stay in the game. So that's number one. You know, I've gone through iterations of my company 
you also have to do what I've heard Sandra Yancey say is bless and release. Um, I did something really scary at the end of last year, but it was not really, it was a creation that I did for one particular company. They were not my ideal client. And so they couldn't be my raving fan to your last point. Mm-hmm. They would never get there because they never understood what good looked like. So how could they understand excellent? And we were giving mm-hmm. excellent. We were giving above and beyond. We were caring mm-hmm. more than other people thought was wise. And, and at some point you have to say, you don't get it. You don't deserve us. It's a partnership. Business is a partnership. Mm-hmm. So if you look at it that way, then it's not, oh, who's going to buy for me? It's where are my partners going to be or where do they come from? Mm-hmm. Wow, I I love that. It you know it's interesting because with this conversation, it really is. Hang on a second. We're we're echoing. Can you hear it? We're echooing. Okay. Hang on one second. Just tell her we'll cut that out. Okay, we're going to cut that out. I I didn't want to continue because it's so I'm going to go back in. So, you know, I I love the conversation that we've been having. It really sounds like in so many ways that you and I have talked about this whole conversation already, which we haven't, because we're actually in the process of finalizing um, our book, Turn Knowledge to Profit, The Six Six Secrets of Successful Speakers, Mm. Coaches, and Authors. And it's interesting because so many of the things that you've mentioned are the basic principles that we've talked about. And I love seeing that happen where, you know, these, there are core principles in being successful in a business. Um, mm-hmm. We need to take a real quick break, but when we come back, I want to continue the conversation. I'd love to have you share a little bit about how you've taken a service idea and really built a business because a lot of people they have an idea, but they don't know how to monetize it. So I'd love to talk a little bit about that if, if that's okay with you and really get some insights from you because I think that will help a lot of our listeners. So stay Absolutely. tuned. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Have you ever asked yourself this question, why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven-module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand, and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? 
Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Today on our success interview, we're having a really amazing conversation with Anne Arvizu, the founder and CEO of RxER Communications. And I love that she took an idea that she actually came up with drinking coffee by the sea on a business trip in the Caribbean, and, but kind of set it aside until the timing was right. But if you missed the first half of our conversation, you need to go back and listen to it. She shared some real gold. I'd love to take a little shift, Anne, and ask you, because I think one of the questions that a lot of our listeners have is, I've got an idea. It's not necessarily a product-based business, but it's a service-based business like yours. Can you share anything along the journey that, that might help our listeners to how do you start to turn it into or find the model that works for you to really monetize your business? Wow. What a great question. And, and model is a key, key word um, I'm about to start writing a book. Um, I have an agent and the whole nine yards going on. And um, this is a, a, a work in the making based on how I created my own business model. And it really comes down to really a lot of business building etiquette and elements, right? You have to have your core focus. Um, what are your company's key values? What are you doing this for? Who is your clients? Are, the, are they the thing that's at the center of all you do? So, for example, in the pharmaceutical industry and what we do in biotech, the patient is at the center of all we do. And if we keep them as our center point and focus, then whatever shifts around you, whether it's budget or trends in the industry or disruptors or, um, you know, the time wasters and time stealers that technology can sometimes present or advances in technology with AI and things like that that are affecting our industry, you can still keep your focus and therefore you can keep your goals and your initiatives focused. Number two would be once you have your goals and they're aligned with your core purpose, then I would tell people, what are you doing to execute? Do you have a plan? Do you have governance over that? Do you have partnerships? Do you have infrastructure? How are you, how are you actually going to model it? Like, are you creating a product? So who are your stakeholders? Who are your partners? Um, are you, like, if you're doing, turning knowledge into profit, are you, are you getting the word out? And who are you getting the word out to? How? Are you sitting behind a computer? I think for me, a key is I go to congresses all the time. Um, once a year, I volunteer for the Drug Information Association, so it's a big, big initiative, and I go speak. Um, so you could probably see that on my LinkedIn, Ann Arvizu. Mm-hmm. Um, I go speak, and I, I make sure people see me as a, a, an expert for what I'm speaking, 
And for me, it's globalization of the type of things we do in medical affairs. Um, and I also, you know, I just go out and I used to try and, okay, I can do this for you. Or if you have this, I used to try and like sell myself or the company. And I don't think that works. Now I just build relationships. And like Bob Berg has written in one of his books, that people do business with people that they know, mm-hmm. like, and trust and refer business to. So that's really important. Um, that if I go out and I make great relationships and people see, you know, they pop on my website, maybe two years later, they're going to come back. And then in the meantime, number three is I stay focused on the fact and really it goes back to me and my faith and my belief that work is always going to come to me. I'm never going to be without. And there's more work than I can possibly handle in the world. So having Mm -hmm. an abundance mindset, an abundance mentality that my clients are out there, they're waiting for me, they're waiting for me, and they, they want to do business with me or at least someone I've trained on my team, then that's how I've built a million-dollar company. Wow. I, I love that. It's interesting because I was having a conversation with someone this morning, and we were able to quickly come to um, an action that we were going to take based on looking at, you know, who are our clients? Who are we ser- here to serve? That's, so we were able to quickly take the emotions out of the conversation and really look at what was our core function. What were we really trying to achieve? And I think that is mm-hmm. so important. Mm-hmm. And I agree, too, with the abundance. I'm doing things today that I would never be doing, but you know, people always say, well, if I tell someone an idea or if I share or give, then I'm not going to be able to do it. But I believe we all do it in our own unique way. And just because mm-hmm. I give something to yeah. someone, it doesn't take anything away from me. It actually opens me up to actually receive things that I never probably, I, I'm not, what I'm doing today, I never would have envisioned I'd be doing. But it's because yeah. I helped people, I gave, I did things. And so many doors opened up, and that's what I would love people to really understand. Yes, and giving is receiving. It really is 100% true. It is. And I think it's so important for people to have that abundance mindset, that giving mindset. I think so many people do come from that, you know, mindset of scarcity, and it really holds people back. There's a quote that said, you know, if someone offers you an opportunity, say yes, and then figure it out later. (laughs) And to be honest, that's how we, you know, you mentioned in in the first part of our, our conversation, that's what we did with the podcast. You know, we said our first show is airing on a particular date. And you know what? It's four years later. And I never would have thought. And we're about 110,000 downloads. We've had an impact and we've had a reach. And when we started thinking about how are we going to get started, we had no idea. (laughs) You know, it was a learning process and you get better over time, but we've learned that you got to put a stake in the sand and say, okay, I'm moving forward. I'm not going backwards anymore. I'm moving forward. I know it's going to work out. And guess what? It all comes together the way it's supposed to. (laughs) I love that, Janelle. You know, I, I really am enjoying our conversation, and I know one thing I want to make sure we talk about um, in our time left is really talking about 
work-life balance because mm. I think so many people are trying to do so many things and they're finding it really hard to keep that balance. So how do you do that and what would you advise other people who are in business that they might be able to do? Yeah, that's such an important question. It's, it's really, it's the thing that gives you your own, what I call core power. And I have you know, mm. something that I'm trademarking right now called Core Power Leadership. I'm so excited that all those trademarks just went through, and that's part of a, a women's initiative that I'm doing at the end of the year. I'll be doing um, a, um, an executive retreat for some of my clients for them, not only to come in because they're so driven, and whether you're an entrepreneur or an executive, you're so driven and you want to do things so well. That's why I call my clients entrepreneurial executives. They are... Um, wanting to come and, and make sure that by the end of the year that they plan for next year. So they're going to come to a planning session, and we're going to work on a business model for their business, but then we're going to work on a business model for them. So the same points that I brought earlier for building your business is mm-hmm. how I really feel that people should build their life. And if you build your life around what is your core, right, what is your core power, and how, how is that getting shrunk in your life, or how, how can you make it expand? So sometimes women don't understand, especially they're doing so much, too much, too fast all the time. And I've done that in my business before. I've worked the 17-hour mm-hmm. days, and I've also done it alone. So having a team, knowing who your core power is inside, and, and knowing how to tap into that, whether it's meditation or prayer or something that feeds you from the inside, taking care of your body on the outside and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, letting all the sand shift where it will, if you will, you know, uh, there's always going to be their time wasters and time stealers in your life. And you're, but you're an entrepreneur, you have a goal. So like you said, you, you put a stake in the sand and you move forward. Um, but don't do it at the expense of your own health. I mean, I'm turning 49 in next week, basically. So mm. I don't have that energy to burn the candle at both ends anymore. Life balance is really important. So I get my 10,000 steps in. It's important. It clears your mind. Listen to some great music. I think it's super, super important. So, yeah, great question. You know, it really is. And as someone who's in their early 60s, I get it because the older you get, you know, you just, Mm -hmm. your stamina changes, but I don't feel like I'm that age. So (laughs) I I know I've got a lot to do. I mean, I've got at least 25, 30 years worth of things to do. So I need to take care of myself because Mm -hmm. I, you know, I've got to take care of my body. And, you know, I, I struggle with that. How do you find that balance. There's so many things to do. And the more your business grows, the more you do things, there's more people that need something. So for me, it's been really important to look and say, you know, and and Sandra Yancey is really good. And she's really kind of pounded this in, do the things that only you can do and look and see who else can help you? What, how can you delegate? How can you do that? Because you can't, you can't do it all and do it all well. Right. I don't you believe. need the right team around you. You need, and you need to invest, right? That's mm-hmm. something that I think early on you try to maybe go a little cheap or something when you're getting started and that never works. You'll end up redoing and redoing and then learning, I need to invest wisely in the right partners and then really be intuitive about who those right partners, who those right um, employees are. 
um, someone, you know, that wrote a book a long time ago is, and said, do you manage tough or do you hire smart? Hire smart. Mm. You know, be intuitive about your hiring and, and make sure that you make good hires of excellent people that when you delegate, to Sandra's point and your point today, that it's going to be done well. And, and let it go. Let it go and let it be done and guide. Um, mm-hmm. I think sometimes also as an entrepreneur, you're a creator, so this is your baby, and you don't want to just put your baby in the hands of, of anybody um, to take care of that baby. You want to make sure that your nanny's terrific. So that kind of thing. Um, if you treat your baby like that and, and know that they're going to be in, in, in good hands, uh, because you've hired well or partnered well or have great vendors, then that that can send you so far so fast. Mm-hmm. I love that. And um, you've shared so much with us today. And I know we could have another conversation and continue it. And I'm, I'm excited to see um, when your book comes out. And I love the um, your your core power leadership and what you're creating for women, because I think it's really important for women to know that there's resources, there's opportunities. If they're willing to invest in themselves, if they really are committed to make being successful, there's so much out there. So how can our listeners connect with you and learn more about you? Oh, thanks. They can connect with me on LinkedIn. I love to get LinkedIn with um, anybody who is part of our network. And number two, um, my, my website is RXCR Communications. I don't know how helpful that will be to anybody unless in, they're in the biotech world, but later this year I'll have anrvizu.com and corepowerleadership.com come out as well. Okay, perfect. And if you're um, looking for Anne on LinkedIn, it's A-N-N-E, and Arvizu is A-R-V-I-Z-U. So you can find her and um, get connected. So thank you very much, and we'll have your, um, your name, and it'll be spelled out too on our Turn Knowledge to Profit podcast page so they can find you. So as we add our time together, end our time together here, Anne, What's one tip that you can give our listeners or one piece of advice that they can take and just implement immediately to really start getting some traction and momentum? Oh, gosh. Be yourself. Be yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't compare yourself to anybody else or you'll go crazy. You know, I remember earlier on thinking, are there other medical communications companies out there? And then you look at their website and, or, and this happens with coaches all the time or, or people that do information products. Well, my website's not only this and it's that. And it's, you know, then you think about what you don't have rather than the fact that you have a website out there and that you're already doing something. You're taking steps and just build it. Um, you know, there's that uh, saying of humble beginnings. Never, never feel bad about your humble beginnings. And just build from there. Be persistent. Keep going and be yourself because you are enough. I love that. You've shared so much with us today, and I just thank you for your time and um, taking time out of your busy schedule to share some wisdom with us. Thank you, Janelle. Thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure. Oh, my pleasure. We need to take another real quick break, and when we come back, it's our business builder, so stay tuned. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit.
I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. As always, I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment, we're going to talk about creating a killer stage intro. And I know this is a conversation we recently had. And why do you think this is so important? Well, you know, there's that famous quote that you never have a second chance to make a first impression. And you have to think of your stage intro as your first impression. Even though you're not talking, it's someone else talking for you. It's still the first impression the audience has of you. And it really sets the context for what they're going to think about you, how they're going to perceive your presentation, and whether they really are going to engage with you. Well, it's interesting because you and I have seen recently a couple speakers have come in with their own 90-second video introduction versus running the risk of having someone else introduce them. So what would you suggest that a good stage introduction include? Well, first, you really want it to create interest in your talk. So it seems a little bit counterintuitive. They're introducing you, but you want it to create some interest. So if you have a great title, they talk a little bit about that. And then second, you want it to establish your credibility with the audience. So, you know, you want to make sure that they know you're credible, that when you take the stage, they want to listen to you because you really do know what you're talking about. You've lived it. You've done it. You know, you're somebody that really needs to be listened to and really, um, really absorbed. You know, no, I agree. And, you know, one of the challenges people have when you're getting someone to introduce you is 
who should do it. Sometimes the, it's the event organizer and at an event I was recently at, people were going back and forth because I saw the background. Should I introduce them? Should you introduce them? Should someone else introduce them? And you really want it to be someone who's comfortable from the front of the room. You want it to be someone who can read well. And one of the challenges that people have is when someone knows you too well, they tend to improvise. So if you want them to read it as you've written it, you need to make sure that you ask them and have that conversation about how you should be introduced. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a, a common mistake that a lot of speakers make. I mean, and I know in the four or five years that you um, were the, the managing director of the Phoenix eWomen Network chapter, you had a speaker every month and, and you got the whole gamut. You got everything from speakers who just showed up with no introduction whatsoever and you had to make it up on the fly all the way up to, as you said earlier, speakers that sent you a 30 second, 60 second, 90 second, whatever it was, video introduction. Um, so, and everything in between. And so the best advice I have for speakers is to take control of your introduction. Don't let someone else control how you're gonna be introduced to the audience. And again, that's a common mistake that a lot of speakers make. It's not enough just to provide a bio to the event organizer and let them figure out what's important in that bio. Uh, I know you've gotten a bunch of those where the person thought they were being helpful, they sent you a, a one-page, single-spaced, Right. You know, 10 point type bio and they thought that was it. And you have to go, sort of go through and pick out what you think is important because you can't stand there and read a whole you know, bio. It'll take too long and it'll bore the audience. So really what, what I would propose is that each speaker create a 30 to 45 second introduction and that it fits on one page, double spaced at 12 to 14 point type. So why do you do that? Well, you want to have something to hand to the MC or to the event organizer to say, here's my intro, just read it. I mean, obviously you wouldn't be quite that abrupt, but I mean, basically you want to hand them something. And, and let me, having been on the other side of it, let me tell you that they will be thrilled that you do that because they don't want to create your bio or create your intro any more than you want them to create it. It's just they've got a million things going on with an event that they're trying to coordinate. And, you know, unfortunately, creating your introduction is not going to be at the top of their list. So the more you can help them out, the better off they're going to be and the better off you're going to be. Um, so and another little trick is and, and we kind of laughed about this uh, a little bit ago when you did a presentation is I gave you two copies of your intro and you said, well, why do I need two copies? Again, this is from experience that when you get to the event, you're gonna give a copy of your introduction to the MC or the host or the event coordinator, whoever it is. And they're gonna look at it and they're gonna go, oh, this is great, thank you very much. And then it's gonna be five minutes before you're ready to be introduced and they're gonna be potentially looking through all their notes and saying, where did I put that intro? I don't have it, I, I had it here a minute ago. I, I don't know where it is. And then you're gonna be able to step up and go, don't worry about it. Here's another copy. 
and they're going to be thrilled that you give them a nice clean copy that they can read from when they do the introduction. They don't even have to think about it. And so, so really, if you can provide that one page, well thought out, well structured introduction for them to simply read, they will be thrilled and you will be in a much better place as a speaker. Well, it's funny you say that about two copies and this isn't about an intro, but at the event I was just at, the person who was leading it had all of her notes up on the podium and she had her closing remarks and she went to close out the conference and guess what? The paper was gone and she had it memorized it, which you usually don't. I mean, it was a very, it was a poem. It was very, very beautiful and very thought provoking. Um, fortunately, someone said, I have another copy. So they had multiple yeah. copies. <laughs> so if it's really important, make sure that you're not on your own. And again, we're not talking about other parts of the presentation, but I'm going to throw this in too. I also had a copy of my slides and I'm glad I did because the way it was set up, I could not see what was being shown and someone else was moving the slides. So I had to have something there that I could see and know exactly where I was and exactly where my transitions were. So being prepared is absolutely key. So what are some specific things that you think a speaker should include in their intro? Well, first you want to make sure that the audience knows that you really are an expert in whatever field you're talking about and that you've been ex you have experience in that area so that they can start to form a connection with you they want to know that if it's the sales or if it's marketing or if it's um, success or if you know whatever it is networking confidence building whatever you're talking about they want to know that you've actually done something in that field. You've, you've experienced it. You've, you've gotten awards for it. You are really an expert and they really should listen. Um, the second thing is they, you, they really want some way to engage with you on a personal level. And so I know in other business builders, we've talked about the idea of attracting your ideal client and in some ways repelling those people who are not your ideal client. Well, this is the same thing. You want to create a feeling of attraction with those people in the audience that are predisposed to be attracted to you. And for those people that it doesn't fit, that, that's okay too. Let, you know, that's fine. But you want to provide a story. I know when we, we do your introduction, we always have a little bit about the businesses you founded, the organizations you've been with, um, some of the awards that you've gotten, et cetera. So the people can start to feel like, oh, well, this could be me or, or that's interesting. I've thought about that organization or I founded a business myself or I've been in that same situation before or, you know, they, they want those kinds of feelings about you as a presenter so that you can engage them. I think it is so important. And I know another thing that you do, which is really important, is having bios and introductions at different lengths. Can you just, just real quickly share the standard lengths that you like to see? And I know as a radio show host, when we're asking for people about their information, we're asking for those bios. So if you have them written, you can just pull, pull plug and play rather than having to recreate every time. Yeah, absolutely. So what we did was for each of us, we created 
multiple bios. So one I think is 50 words, one is 100 words, and one is 250 words because different events, different organizing groups, they ask for different kinds of bios. They want to put it in a program or they want to do something else with it. So what I do, the easiest way to do it is I write the 250 word one first, and then I just cut out some things to get down to 100, and then I cut some more things to get down to 50. So now you have three nice lengths of bio. And so again, I would not provide that as your introduction. That's a little different but you certainly can create the introduction from that bio. You want to pull out some of the things that are most important and organize them into a way that they can be presented in 30, 60 seconds at the most. Um, the other piece of, of advice that I would give to folks uh, in terms of their intro is also think about that first slide that you have in your presentation, because it's likely that while the MC or whoever it is, is reading your introduction, that slide is going to be up on the screen. And that's really expensive real estate. You don't want to waste it on um, a nice picture of you and your name or the name of the presentation because everybody already knows what the presentation is about. You want to have some really engaging, really interesting slide that captures people's attention while your intro is being read. I'm, I'm a big proponent of always putting a quote uh, on that slide so that people are starting to read your slides and listening to your introduction at the same time. They're starting to get the feeling that this is going to be content rich. This is going to be interesting. I got to sit on the edge of my seat and really pay attention. And I know you use quotes all the time. And I know recently we shared on our Turn Knowledge to Profit Facebook page some links to some quotes. So I invite everyone to go to Turn Knowledge to Profit on Facebook and check that out. And also you share some great tips and information today. So share what you loved about today's conversation on Turn Knowledge to Profit. And let's continue the conversation. You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for our future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week. Turn knowledge to profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profits.